Hey, I'm Monique. And I'm Sierra. And you're listening to Hoochin' Hoochin and Hollering, a podcast where we do our favorite things, drink and talk. This week we're diving into Season 1, Episode 8 of Bridgerton, the finale! We do need to let you guys know that there will be spoilers, so if you haven't watched Bridgerton yet, don't sit up here and listen to us talk about it. And there's going to be some light swearing because I cuss. And um, if you don't like swearing, sorry, (laughs) but I'm going to do it anyway. Okay, in our final episode of Season 1, so sad. Our Duke struggles to let go of the wrongdoings of his father as our Duchess tries to understand him better. With tensions brewing while planning their first ball, they decide to remain married only in name. When a downpour clears the party, our Duchess pours her heart out, resulting in a rebirth in the couple's devotion to each other. About the time Marina finds out the truth about her child's father, Sienna breaks up with Antony again, the Featheringtons lose a family member, and our author, Lady Whistledown, is revealed. That's our recap, so Mm -hmm. let's talk hooch now. So this week we're drinking something called a bourbon champagne cocktail to celebrate the season one finale. Um, The cocktail is pretty straightforward, Mm -hmm. and it brings together two things we love, bullet bourbon and champagne. (laughs) Today's cocktail features bourbon, Prosecco, triple sec, and a splash of orange juice. Also, we garnish with um, orange slices and maraschino cherries. It's pretty good. Yeah, I like it. It is... It just tastes like a mimosa. A, bo- a boozier mimosa. Yes. Yep. For sure. It definitely is boozier. I'm already kind of feeling like... Yep. I, also, I did eat today, so I was like, okay, good. I did have... A, I had an egg, so... Mm-hmm. I had eggs, too. Hope it. Hope it. So you can check out this recipe on our Instagram page as we will post the video and the recipe. Cool. So this episode opens up with words of wisdom from our beloved Lady Whistledown. She tells the story of someone named Mary Leopold, Mm -hmm. um, who in 1804 was involved in, quote, the fastest courtship upon record when she got married in just four and a half, or no, not married, engaged, Uh in just four and a half minutes. He was like, I gotta get that guy. Real hot girl shit. She said, hey, what's up? He was like, yes. (laughs) Let's Will go. you marry me? Let's go. Lady Whistledown goes out to explain how Miss Leopold and her new hubby departed London soon after for some weird reason. Our gossip writer warns the readers, quote, One can never know the truth of marriage hiding behind closed doors. Beware indeed, blushing newlyweds. You know not the future that awaits. In the opening scene, we get to see the famous Bridgerton B. Oh, yeah. We haven't talked much about that. I I feel like we mentioned it in the first because it it'll be buzzing around like yeah. In, I don't think it was seen in that many episodes. Like no. Maybe like three total. So the B represents their father. Yes, because their father got he died from a bee sting. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's see, good. I didn't. I watched it how many times and I didn't understand what the significance of the I, bee was until you told me. It was. I think I read it. I'm pretty sure I read it somewhere. And then they have bees like. People kept like making clothes with bees on it on Instagram, and I'm like, "What? What's the bee thing?" So I had to look it up. Huh. As Lady Whistledown goes on about the hardships, indignities, or true love matches that can be found behind closed doors, we peek in on a few a few of our characters: um, Lady and Lord Featherington, Will and Alice Mondrich, the Queen Charlotte and King George III, and Lady Bridgerton. These couples represent the spectrum of relationships. Mm-hmm. They do. These couples represent the spectrum of relationships, from obvious disdain to true love. Our Duke and Duchess at this point fall somewhere in between that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we find the couple sitting for a portrait painted by our favorite artist, Henry. The atmosphere is tense. Daphne and Simon have decided to separate, and Henry can feel the awkwardness, and he starts to get frustrated. He reminds them to smile and relax. Um, He also suggests that Simon put his hand on Daphne's shoulder. When he does this, these two immediately are reminded that they are love. Um, Henry calls their little pose the very picture of devotion. Um, As we discussed last episode, the couple cannot come to a compromise. So the only solemn, solemn, wow. Can you, (laughs) the only solution seems to be separating. It's so annoying because it's like, y'all love each other. Mm Mm-hmm. 
you guys can't even touch without like losing your minds. So if that happens, why can't you come to some type of agreement? Hard headedness. So before they can actually separate, they have to finish out the season in London. Daphne is playing the ball and that'll be the finale of the social season and their last dance. I wonder if another ball was planned before they came back to town. Right, probably was. They book, uh, booted them. Like, no, Duke and Duchess are in town. They get to close up the season. <laughs> it's only right. The power. Back at Bridgerton House, Eloise is berating Benedict about Lady Madame Delacroix. Mm-hmm. Um, across the room, Anthony also is hanging out, and he spots Sienna's name in a newspaper. And we're reminded, reminded that he's still not over her. Right. And this is still a thing. Eloise, who believes Madame Delacroix to be the woman behind Lady Whistledown, um, is trying to warn Benedict to be safe and not be too open with her. Benedict, who doesn't know Eloise's suspicions, thinks she's just acting like this because Lady or Madame Delacroix isn't rich. Um, so he's kind of surprised that Eloise is being so uppity. Right. And then in the scene, we get like a cute... I always love when they show like Gregory and Hyacinth. You love them. I love them. They're so cute. And then their older brother is always so sweet to them. Mm-hmm. And, um... Um, so guess what y'all? Francesca is back. It's a party now. Um, you guys remember her from episode one. Well, she's coming back from her trip from Bath, which is a cute little England town not too far away. I had to Google it. Yeah. It's like two and a half hours away. I knew what Bath was, but don't ask me why. I had no idea. I, I know it was not here. <laughs> <laughs> Bath. <laughs> I'm like, is it Bath? Imagine. <laughs> so, um, she's been spending time with her Aunt Winnie. That's why she hasn't been in these episodes, but I'm pretty sure maybe one of the books is going to explain her time away. Oh, that makes sense. Because what other reason would they keep her out of this whole season? Right. Because they don't really know what to do with her. Right. right? Like make it a thing, her coming back. Yeah. Like why mention it? So over at the Featherington house, Marina is feeling good. Despite Penelope, you know, being very worried that she passed out last night, Marina's happy because she got, she thinks her plan bt worked um but just then an unexpected caller arrives when marina goes to check who this caller is she's like real shook like she looks terrified uh i immediately thought that it was sir george her long lost love and baby Mm -hmm, daddy um before we can find out who it is though we're we cut to the markets where daphne and violet are discussing discussing daphne's impending separation divorce um this show makes it seem like divorcing husbands is pretty simple, but I don't, the time period, like the men own the woman. Yeah. So it couldn't have been that simple. Maybe it was more simple if you were rich. Um, I did read about it and you, women could divorce, but I think it was just all these conditions. It had to have been like a mm-hmm. list of reasons why. For some reason, Lady Featherington, who is also at the market, thinks it's a good idea. I can't stand this woman. Yeah, she thinks it's a good idea to approach Daphne and her mom. And Lady Featherington knows Violet is not messing with her. Like, Violet doesn't want anything to do with her. She can't even keep us. She can't even, like, fake like she's okay with this woman. She looks. And Violet really cares about how things look. Yeah. Um. So Lady Featherington has the audacity to come up to them and start complaining about how they didn't get an invite to Daphne's ball. I really just cannot believe, like, the audacity. Yeah. I... Violet is quick and right, we'll say, Mm -hmm. to cut her down. She says, quote, Perhaps you might explain to your young ladies, Lady Featherington, how they ended up in such an unfortunate situation and who exactly put them there. Yeah, because that little lie about Marina, that's not going to fly. Who's the adult here? Yeah. I know your schemes. Violet is not fucking with Lady Featherington. Mm -hmm. And... We don't blame her. No. I, Lady Featherington is horrible. She, so Violet can see right through Lady Featherington and she's not going to allow her to like shirk responsibility. Like you were the adult in this situation. Mm-hmm. You tried to throw Marina under the bus. Fuck you. Yep. So despite Lady Bridgerton's obvious anger towards Lady Featherington, Daphne extends an invitation to her and her daughters. Um, I know Daphne is trying to think of the daughters, but it's still annoying that Lady Featherington, you know, ultimately wins. Yeah. So just then, Lady Featherington receives word that Sir Crane has called on their home. Daphne immediately recognizes the surname of Marina's love. 
Um, so she accompanies Lady F back to their house. So we cut back over to Featherington House, where we finally get to meet the mystery man. Mm-hmm. It's not Sir George, but his brother, Sir Philip. Um, viewers quickly learn that Sir George died in combat a few weeks ago. It's a pretty sad scene. Marina's, Wait a second. It was a few weeks ago. I think. Yeah. That's what they said. Why he didn't send no letter? Where are his letters at then? This is what I'm talking about. The time in Bridgerton world yeah. makes no sense. So, the time from when she sent her, her letter, mm-hmm. we'll think about how long it Oh, it, it probably took a lot of time. Yeah, you're right. And then he was working on the letter back to her. Yeah. When went like in the middle of him dying, I don't really know. Yeah. The letter. Was I guess running. they had to go all the way to Spain, which is kind of far. It's across an ocean. Yeah. Or across a body. I don't know. I don't know. I was. I was hoping oh, you no, were gonna no, come in. Stupid. <laughs> I, was, I was hoping you was gonna come it's in. It's across a strait or something. I don't know. Mm, what we learned about know. straits last episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sir George is dead. Marina's obviously upset. She leaves the room and Daphne goes chasing after her. Despite being obviously distraught because her baby daddy's dead, um, one good thing that came from this, according to Marina, is now she knows that George loved her. Um, He apparently had been writing a love letter to her right before his death, promising to come back and run away with her so they could raise their child together. So that kind of brings her some closure. Yeah. And good thing Daphne was, you know, did that for her because I felt like Marina was very... I don't know. I felt like she was being very ungrateful mm-hmm. for anybody trying to help. Like, I don't know. It was annoying. She, yeah. She was, I was done with her storyline a while yeah. ago. Um, even though George is dead, Marina can still rest easier knowing her feelings were reciprocated and she wasn't like crazy to hold out hope for as long as she did. Mm-hmm. So now we cut to Eloise making a visit to the Modiste and we already know she's about to get into some mess. Funny. I know. Cause they're talking in code so this entire scene, um, her and Madame Delacroix, like we just said, she was talking in code, very vague language. Um, the scene works really hard to make it seem like Madame, you know, Delacroix is very is um, Lady Whistledown. Then hiding in the back, so weird. Benedict is like trying to figure out what his sister is up to, so he's just like standing listening. Like, is why is Eloise here? Like this seventeen-year-old girl walking around town, like trying to like, like what are you what are you gonna do if Madame Delacroix is Lady Whistle? She'll just say, "Oh, um, nice to meet you. Your secret is safe with me." Like, she's like, "I hope Lady Whistledown will do the right thing." And Madame Delacroix is like, I'm sure she will. And I'm like, why didn't Madame Delacroix come out and say, like, look, I'm not the girl. Like, why are you? That's l- why it's something little she about that. Little 17-year-old girl, what are you doing in my shop? Where's your We're chaperone? We're yeah. closed. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back at Hastings' house, Daphne is getting ready for their ball. Um, her and Simon are continuing to be very formal with each other. They now only refer to themselves as your grace. Um, not awkward at all. Daphne wants to talk things through more about the relationship, but Simon isn't having it. Um, it's just super sad. This whole episode is just like so sad to watch because all this could be cleared up with one conversation. If they can just sit down, literally, if they almost need like a um, you mediator. Are, you guys are just ignoring each other. <laughs> so oh. stupid. Um, so later, we're at Will's exhibition. Um, it's still unclear whether or not he's going to throw the match. And win himself and Lord Featherington a ton of money. But Lord Featherington has already placed his bet, putting the deed to his house up as collateral. Just the, the deed to his house. So. The rights to his home. Why would. His yeah. ancestral home. <laughs> and and doesn't does, that seem fishy? Like, why would you bet this much? You know this guy. Right. And is, that's what they say to him. They're like. Why are you coming to us? Other people must not trust you. Right. This it man, this man, in a time where land ownership is the end all be all of like wealth, mm-hmm. you're giving up your London home. I mean, granted, they have a country home, but this man's got a gambling problem. Yeah, it's real bad. Addiction's not funny, guys, but Lord Featherington is a fucking idiot. Yes. Um,. It would have been nice to talk over his dilemma with 
So with Will, it would have been nice to talk over his dilemma with his friend Simon, but Simon shows up an hour Simon's late. Simon's such a bad friend. He's a horrible. He's, he's so such selfish. Such a bad friend. Oh, in the book, he like doesn't have any friends either. So it's fine because he don't have to, you know. And it 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 the book makes it seem like he chooses not to have friends, but he's kind of just like a bad friend. Yeah. So he probably couldn't even hold on to friends because they. Wanted to. <laughs> yeah. And he's and he's gonna blame all this on his childhood trauma. So Listen, you, we all got trauma, you, sir. You need to be a bad person. Yeah. So, yeah, like we said, Simon's not a very reliable friend. Will, honestly, should just cut him off. Mm-hmm. Like, he made his decision to go through, you know, with this whole thing, and he can't even talk it over with Simon. Friend, like, who probably would have talked him out of it, but also, yeah, are you giving me money? And I'm not, I'm not taking my friend's money, so what do you want yeah, me to do? This is a tr- tough situation for yeah. Will. So, back at the Featherington house, Sir Philip is still there, despite literally... That was so funny. It was so weird. Yeah, literally, everyone's just kind of going about their day, but he was still... He was still was in he the there the whole time? Room. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, Sir Philip has one more thing he has to settle before leaving. He explains that as Sir George's brother, it's his responsibility to take care of Marina hmm. um, and the baby. So that means marrying her? Uh, marriage during this time is really weird. <laughs> I know. Like, okay, well, my, my brother had sex with you and was going to probably marry you, but he died. So now I'm his I brother. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Just to Good thing to she make, was good looking. Literally. But her personality is not that good. No. He about to be... He, he's going to be annoyed for some years. Yeah. Because I feel like she's going to have an attitude. Attitude. So Lady Featherington is like, perfect, great, take her. Okay. Sounds perfect. He's like, don't forget about your cousins. Literally. <laughs> she's like, oh, he has enough money to take care of you and probably the rest of us, right? <laughs> cool. Um, Marina's like, I don't know this man. She's like, absolutely not. She's grieving first. Mm-hmm. You know, we get it. She's grieving. But... But she doesn't have any options. No. What does it matter if you know him or not? You didn't know Colin. You didn't know Colin. You were getting ready to run off to Gretna Green with him. Wow. So we're reminded here that Marina's no longer with child. Asterisk. So there's there's no convincing her. She's like, I'm not knocked up anymore. I'm about to find another love match one day, I guess. I know, but your name has already been dragged through the mud. You gotta move. So, (laughs) the match starts, and it seems as though Will has decided to fight the good fight. Like, he's knocking this dude out. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't spend too much time watching before Anthony and Sienna, who's there with her (sighs) new boo, you know. Yes. So they decide to meet under the bleachers for a little fun. They were like openly staring at each other during that the match. That scene was so weird. I'm like, nobody. Anthony has this. such a villainous look about yeah. him. I think it's the mutton chops. It's the sideburns. Yes. But yeah, they had decided to have sex under the bleachers. Yeah. Okay, so now we're back at the Hastings house. Um, this episode just jumps around a ton. Mm-hmm. So Daphne is snooping in. Papa Duke's old room. Yes. And she goes through old Duke's belonging and finds every single letter that Simon ever wrote to him still sealed. Still sealed. That man. He was horrible. He was the devil. I can't. So Daphne spends a good length of time reading through those letters and becoming more and more upset when she does. This drink is strong. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm like, let me just get. Can we get through it? I think we can get through it. <sighs> we cut. We cut. I'm like, how the, long can we keep this? Lord up? God, might just have to be hollering. I'm seeing double. <laughs> we <laughs> watering, watering, hollering. <laughs> Back on the mat, Will all of a sudden is losing. It was, it was looking real good, and then all of a sudden he just, he appears to have dislocated his shoulder. Why? He was like, oh, my arm. <laughs> Simon's in the crowd like, yeah, I know he lying. The look on his face, he was like, what the fuck? He was like, he, he playing, playing games. So we already know what's happening. He's throwing the fight. Um, Will hits the mat, and even though Simon is screaming at him to get up, 
He just accepts defeat. He's like faking with his eyes closed. He's like, like, <laughs> his head pressing the man. He's like, oh god. Like, oh. This was out of pocket. <laughs> you are so obviously throwing this match. Um, so the other guy wins. Lord Featherington is ecstatic. Simon is confused. And poor Willie is so sad. Yeah, but he's about to be rich, though. Rich as hell. <laughs> rich as hell. I, look, good for Alice. Um, right. Um, Daphne is still reading the letters when Lady Danbury interrupts her. She asks her about the letters, which Lady D obviously knew about. Daphne feels horrible because she realizes there is so much behind Simon's decision not to have children. Mm -hmm. But had he just talked to her about it, maybe she wouldn't have done what she did and they'll have a different understanding. Yeah. They talked a little bit about it last episode. This comes down to communication. Or lack thereof. And he should know better. He's he's like third, like he's older. He's a grown man. She okay, if she doesn't, she doesn't know much. Though. And this is also a woman's first relationship. Yeah. Guys, they well, I guess it's their first like real relationship. Yeah, but I mean they just kind of hang worldly. out with Rockwell, He's worldly. Yeah. So back of the fight, Simon goes to see Will. He he is in the tent for two seconds and he accuses Will of being dishonorable. To which Will responds, quote and this is a good one. Mm-hmm. He says, tell me, your grace, whatever could be more honorable besides taking care of one's family, besides, besides doing what needs to be done? Please tell me. Since you know all the answers. Since you're such a good husband and all. Where's your wife? <laughs> providing for a family? <laughs> Simon then has the nerve to ask him how he, Alice is ever going to forgive him. If I was allowed to have been like, that rock on her neck. What are you talking about? <laughs> Boy, Simon's talking real big shit for someone who can't even get his own marriage. Right, come here and talk. Who, someone who knows so much about Where marriage. Where is your wife? You talked to her today? Right. Will is like, get out my face. He's like, eh. And then I Will was like threatening to fight him. Like, and then Simon's like, all right, gotta go. Simon, no, he ain't got hands. That's why. <laughs> so while Simon and Will argue about their manhood, the Featheringtons are celebrating their winnings. Lady Featherington says the girlies can have new dresses and they mm-hmm. get marriages now. Um, she says, like, oh, your dowries are back intact. And then Philippa's like, "What? What? wait, what happened to them? The girlies didn't know. She didn't know. What was going yeah. on in their household. Um, and then guess where Lady, or Lord is going? Lord Featherington is uh, off to the brothel. I hate that man. Like, you couldn't, you got into this mess for doing, for, you know... Lord and Lady Sinning. Yeah, Sinning. <laughs> Sinning. Lord and Lady Featherington are horrible. Yeah. So, after reading the letters and everything, the next morning Daphne decides to surprise Simon by having breakfast with him. Mm-hmm. Um, she tells him that Franny is back and they should both make their way to Bridgerton House, where he which he agrees. Um and this is like a little glimmer, a little glimmer of hope. It's kind of like okay, I'm like, oh, everything's gonna be alright. Things about to like mellow out. Yeah, Bridgerton House is packed as always packed. <laughs> with Francesca back. Everyone is in good spirits. Simon's making origami horses for Hyacinth <laughs> and Gregory. Eloise is eating chocolates and hanging with Aunt and Benny. Colin is blowing. Man, boy can sing, huh? I don't even know the lyrics. <laughs> I don't know what he was saying. I don't know the lyrics. And he was blowing. But he was blowing. And even Penn comes to visit. Mm-hmm. Gotta see your boy. Yes. Eloise shares her news with Penn. She's found Lady Whistledown, or so she thinks. Um, she's 100% positive that she, Lady Whistledown is Madame Delacroix. Um, and that Lady Whistledown will be writing better things about the Featheringtons in coming days. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Across the way, the Featherington girls are getting new dresses. Ugly dresses. Yeah. This scene is funny because Madame Delacroix continues to be shady, talking about how she was able to make their dresses so quickly because they use all the, she used the <laughs> fabric that nobody else wanted. And I'm looking at it like, yeah. Madame Delacroix. These color combinations are awful. She does not fuck with this family. Um, Madame Delacroix obviously does not like them. But it's so funny when Penelope pulls out her dress and say, and mine's yellow. They keep putting this girl with red hair and yellow I'm like, it's so much clashing. 
It's so gross. She already like pale. Pale. Like just kind of. With a yellow dress. It's too much. Like get her in that pink. She look good in pink. She's doing too much. Her mom. Marina isn't getting a new dress obviously. Mm -hmm. So she's going about her business. Um, as she's walking back to her room though. <sighs> she feels a flutter. Oh my gosh. She feels a kick. Surprise! The baby's still here. Shocker. I can't believe you could wake up and think like a T. She thought her plan BT was really about to work. <laughs> For some reason, we cut to the Hastings house right when we find out Marina's still pregnant. <laughs> I and it just shows them like getting ready for the ball. They're I don't like care. leave them wanting more. Literally, I don't care. Get to back to more important things. Thankfully, we, we are quickly brought back to the Featherington house, and it turns out Marina's still pregnant. Shocker. Also, way to make it about you, Marina. Like those she girls were getting. They just wanted a thing. The girls were <laughs> getting dresses and here she's like, I think I need a doctor. At that moment, I was like, you are a burden. A burden. She will, at first, I'm like, okay, deal with it, Lady Featherington. Like, open, you know, open your house, open your home tour. At this moment, I'm over it. And the, she's the a brat. Switch, and she's the switch a, happened when people were trying to help her. Yeah. She was just like, no. See, See, now get out my house. And you don't need Because we got our own problems. We ain't got no money for you to be staying here. Right. <laughs> we can't feed you. You're eating up all food. The maids are <laughs> working on for nothing. Like, you need to go. So across Mayfair, Sienna and Anthony are back together. Uh, Boy. I'm sick of it. They've fallen right back into their old patterns. Anthony has decided this time will be a little bit different. He wants to bring Sienna out. He's real ambitious. He's real, um, what's the word? Hopeful? Hopeful. Stupid? <laughs> yeah, stupid, <laughs> I guess. Um, so he wants to bring her out to, like, a society event. Um, very a bold. Ball. A ball. I, well, I think he figures since it's his sister's ball, they'll have, they can be backed by the Duke and Duchess, right, so it wouldn't right. be that bad. I get it, but. Mm. Back at Hastings' house, Simon and Daphne are having a discussion we've heard before. Mm -hmm. How many dances they'll partake in during their, their this ball. This is so cute. Yeah. This scene calls us back to their first promenade mm -hmm. where they're negotiating how many balls Simon would attend with Daphne. It's such a cute full circle moment. It really is. Just then, Rose comes in to tell them that guests are arriving their final night. As Duke and Duchess has arrived, we're finally able. So, looking at this ball, we can finally appreciate all the hard work. Yeah, because they've been cutting it. back the whole episode to yeah. show them getting ready, and now you yeah. get the full picture. It is nice, fancy. It is beautiful. They mm -hmm. got their um, the Bridgerton blue going on. I mean, the you, purples. You, you gotta, knew it was gonna be an event. They're like, oh, you think that was the Bridgerton house colors? <laughs> it's the Hastings colors <laughs> now. We adopted it. <laughs> it's elegant. So you know who else would expect anything less from our diamond? Eloise makes her debut at this ball, <laughs> and as she's coming down the stairs, she immediately berates a man for looking at her. She's like, take a picture. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god! Like, all right, this is gonna be a long well, she doesn't say take a picture. You. She says paint a picture. Paint a picture. Because <laughs> it's eighteen thirteen. Paint a picture. It'll take them all day. Dang. <laughs> Daphne can tell that Eloise is very uncomfortable, and she gives her the okay to hang out in the library for the rest of the night if she'd like. We get a very tender sister moment here, where when Eloise says, "quote." I suppose I should thank you for being so perfect so I don't have to be. Aww. Da like, we've talked about this before. Daphne and Eloise be going at it, mm -hmm. but deep down, they they love each other. And I love that. Yeah. The tens are also there in their ugly-ass dresses. They... Just so loud. They walk into a room, and it is absurd how much they stand out. Everyone, Everyone is wearing like a literal blue, blue white, black, gray, whites, purples, and they come in in yellow, hot pink, green, <laughs> like neon green. Think post-it. <laughs> <laughs> all the post-it colors. It's giving post-it. Then they have like all these, all this beading. It's just too much. Then they got jewelry on. It's oh, and then their hair is big. It's just so I can't much. wait till these girls 
leave the nest and can get some sense of style. Philippa and Prudence will absolutely still dress yes. like that. Yes, they will. Penelope will probably like, okay, let me tone it down. So as the Featheringtons are coming in, Lady Featherington, she's just so full of herself. Yeah. She's not, she doesn't miss the opportunity to let others know that she had a personal invitation from the Duchess. Like, she pitied you. The girl she were talking, the other women, she was talking to her friends. They're like, well. Loose loose term friends. Yeah. Very loose. Um, But they were like, oh, so, you know, good, you know, good. I heard your husband had like a a nice win. Where is he? Mm. At the brothels. Must be celebrating. Some things don't change. Mm. So while everyone semi, you know, semi-respectable is at the Hastings Ball, Lord Featherington is drinking and whoring away. He stumbles into a room where he assumes a woman is waiting for him, but it's in, you know, it's the bookies yeah. from the match. Yeesh. And then this, then they show us like this big bottle of poison. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, okay. Like, okay, so he's about to die. They were like, yeah, that was, I don't know. I feel like that they scene said, was a take weird. a seat. We're about poison. To, we're about the to bottle to... said poison on it. <laughs> it said poison. It was a bottle of like with a skull with an X on it. <laughs> it said poison. Like, come on. So okay, so we're back at the dance now. Colin and Penn spot each other, and they share like a little quick conversation that leaves Penn devastated. Penn can't catch a break. She really can't. Um, Colin is still distraught over Marina, and he decides to go on tour. He's going That's to fancy travel. Word. That's a fancy word yeah. for vacation. I'm like, ooh, rich people could just say tour. We're going to start saying we're going on tour. Yep. I'm going to one destination in one city. This summer, I'm going on tour in Miami. Yep. Going on tour. <laughs> <laughs> just to one place, though. Um, so, he actually thanks Penelope. Like, you know what? Penelope, thank you for reminding me my true passion of traveling. And Penelope is like, dang. She's like, fuck. Why did I bring that up? I have a big mouth. <laughs> and then, so she then makes a quick getaway before she like completely falls apart. You can she, see she's about to break down. Yeah. After Penn leaves, Eloise tries to go talk to the queen about her new findings. You know, she's sure Madame Delacroix is Lady Whistledown, but is stopped by her gossiping butler, Brimsley. Mm-hmm. He informs Eloise that the queen has employed some real detectives. I think they're called the Bow Street Runners. Mm-hmm. Um, and they plan to capture Lady Whistledown that night. They're like, we're going to get, get her. We know exactly where she is. We know her print shop. We're going to just stake out there and then capture her. Um, Eloise is obviously shook because she doesn't want anything to happen to Benny's girl. That's, his, that's her best brother. Right. She's like, oh no. So Eloise tries to warn Benedict, but he's not trying to hear it. He's like, why are you bringing up... He's like in the middle of a conversation and she's like, your girlfriend, Madame Delacroix. And he's like, what is wrong with you? So he's just like, get away. So she then convinces one of the footmen to take her to the print shop where Lady Whistledown is supposed to be captured outside of. Mm-hmm. She bribes the footman. She's like, I have pin money, which I'm guessing pin money is just like. Some loose extra loose, money Loose or money something? you just have just in case. You know how you just take money just in case? Mm-hmm. So. So, back at Sienna's house, Anthony arrived to take her to the ball, you know, show the lady a good time. He has his Anthony flowers. Was like, we're about to do this. Yeah. He had his flowers in hand. When he gets to the door, guess who answered? Not Sienna. Her boyfriend answered the door. Geller. <laughs> Is that his name? No. What'd you say? That's Grindelwald's first name. Oh! <laughs> I'm like, oh, did you catch his name? I missed that the three times. <laughs> no. Um, we love this scene because Sienna finally puts her foot down. She explains that while it would be great to go with Antony, it simply cannot happen. No. And she's 100% correct. So when Antony tries to convince her to be with him, she says, quote, What I know is that you are lost and I cannot allow you to set me adrift as well. And later she says, I am content that gentleman upstairs, he sees me for who I am. Unlike you, he does not wish for me to don some ridiculous gown and go with him to some absurd ball. He does not wish for me to change, and neither do I. Mm-hmm. 
That's what good I'm for her. talking about, good Sienna. For her. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Yes. Anthony is... He gotta let you go. Yeah. He gotta let you go. Poor Anthony at this moment. This is his villain Because he could have sent a... She could have sent a... A note. I don't know. I'm gonna say... Those little kids would be running around with paper. Yeah. Like, she could have sent a kid to tell him that, hey, don't come, you know. With my other boo. <laughs> That's bad luck for... Oh, God. Across Mayfair, Eloise is waiting to rescue Lady <laughs> Whistledown. Can we... This is a 17-year-old girl. Yeah. Left the ball. You just start eating grown folks. No chaperone. Literally. <laughs> she is so naughty. <laughs> She's doing what she thinks is right at this time. Um, so she spots Lady Whistledown and Down's carriage pull up. And then, seconds later, the Bow Street runner. That That's a queen- fancy word for police. I think. What the heck? Yeah, like, what the heck is Bow Street Runners? They're called the Bow Street Runners. Just say cops. Just say pigs. (laughs) The pigs pigs pull up. One guy with no weapon pulls up. That's what it really was. I'm like, what is he about to do? He has like a walking stick. (laughs) Are we going to beat? Are you going to beat Lady Whistledown? Is that what you're going to do? The woman. That don't make no sense. I'm like, what is he going to do? Yeah, so. So, Eloise heroically tells, um, when Lady Whistledown pulls up, she heroically tells her, get out, it's a trap. And then Lady Whistledown makes her escape. Um, So, Eloise may not have been able to truly unmask Lady Whistledown, but she did save her role model. So, that was sweet. Yeah. Back at the ball, Simon and Daphne are staying very far away from each other. Very far. Like, across Mm -hmm. the party. Um, luckily their mamas come to try and talk some sense into them. Yeah, I know they planned that out. They were like, okay, you go, okay, you go talk to Simon, I'm gonna go talk I to Daphne. I know they were in the corner like, look at these two. Go, go talk to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna go talk to her. They're getting on my nerves. So Lady Danbury says to Simon, quote, pride your grace, it will cost you everything and leave you with nothing. That's a good quote. You must not allow it to happen to you too. So she's pointing to Daddy Duke's big mistake. Mm-hmm. He was so consumed with like looks and his pride that, you know, it caused all those issues with his wife and his son. So and he had Simon's nothing. Doing the, he had nothing. And mm-hmm. Simon's doing the exact same thing. Across the dance floor, Mama Bridgerton and Daphne are having a very similar conversation. When Daphne praises her mother, you know, finding a true love match, she says, she says something like, it's a rarity. Violet explains that even though they were in love, they had low points. Mm-hmm. Despite this, she points out, quote, we, cho- we, cho- we chose to love each other every single day. It is a choice, dearest, one that is never too late to make. Exactly. And, okay, we discussed this. Mm-hmm. Yes, love is a choice. But at what point is it like... I'm t- This is too much. I'm exhausted. This is too much mm-hmm. work. It's too much. Like work. I'm choosing to walk away. We think Daphne is torn between that thought and her love for Simon. Mm-hmm. These conversations move into what is planned to be the Hastings' last dance. <sighs> so sad. Um, this their last dance as husband and wife, Ooh. and they chose a waltz, and it's so cute because Daphne just it's an energetic. It's not dance. cute. It's sad, but like Daphne, um, told Mama Bridgerton like, we chose a waltz. She's so sad. Like she's so sad. Um, also, for some reason, when she said we chose a waltz, I thought this was gonna be like a classy dance. Like no. I thought a waltz was like a one two three one two three kind of dance. They said it's lit. This is like a hoppy hop. They were hopping. I'm like, what? this is a little fast paced for this to be the last dance. Like, I'm sweating. I've watched all the behind the scenes. So I'm them. like, did you see the clip of them practicing? Yes. And it's so funny because it's so loud. They're like, it's a fun looking dance. It just seems like a lot of work. Yeah. So it's just so much hopping. Yes. It starts to rain. Bringing back images of another rainy scene at Cliveden Ooh, right after that rain. Remember that rain we talked about? Remember under the gazebo? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I remember. 
so everyone runs from the rain, obviously, because it starts coming down really hard. Mm -hmm. um, but Daphne refuses. She's kind of just like she's laughing like. <laughs> on me. That's exactly. Legend. What a what an emotional song. Uh, she's just like welcome to the rain, and she starts kind of like crazy laughing, like you know yeah. how you laugh. Like, she's just like. <laughs> and Simon's like. Okay. What is wrong with <laughs> he you? He stays in the rain with her, and they're just like in the middle of the party, and I they're gonna like have the talk in the middle of this party in the rain. Luckily, Lady Danbury kicks everyone out. She's like out. <laughs> like I think it's time for us to leave. Yep. Um. Daphne admits to finding Simon's letters and explains that she can understand why he made that vow, you know, to Daddy Duke. Mm -hmm. She decides to do the job of a therapist. Yeah. A therapist that Simon should hire. <laughs> um, and she says, quote, just because something is not perfect does not make it any less worthy of love. This is good. Your father made you believe otherwise. He made you believe that you needed to be without fault in order to be loved. But he is wrong. People pay $125 an hour for that. Daphne is wise, but, you know, she's pretty wise. PSA to men, stop using the women you're in relationships with. For free therapy. For free therapy. We're not your therapist. They don't even know they're getting therapized. Right. <laughs> I'm not trying to therapize nobody. <laughs> <laughs> so Daphne says it doesn't matter what problem Simon has. She loves him. She's like, I'm tired of pretending. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't love you. Yeah. She's like, I'm sick of it. I can't do it no more. Mm -hmm. So we as viewers knew this, but it's good for him to finally hear it. And maybe he'll listen. We jet back over to Featherington House for some reason. <laughs> right. I'm like, daddy, y'all got back home quick. Right. <laughs> uh, the ladies are recounting their night as they come up on a very bad scene. Yeah. Um, Miss Varley, who is Lady Featherington's, like, lady's maid yeah. or housekeeper or something um informs lady featherington that lord featherington is dead and the cops yeah. are there to ask questions yeah lady featherington doesn't say anything she just rushes over to lord featherington's office to check for the money <laughs> she's like i don't care about that man where the money Literally. at so of course the money's gone um and it's at that moment she realizes that that she cries. Mm -hmm. She doesn't cry when she hears her husband is dead. She's like, okay, what else? <laughs> she cries because the money is gone. She's one cold-hearted bitch. Yeah, she really didn't like that man. I mean, she's like, for good reason. Yeah. I mean, he, he made them destitute. Mm -hmm. He obviously, they didn't have a loving marriage. He had marriage. a problem. Yeah. yeah. They did, obviously didn't have a loving marriage. He kept dismissing her. Yeah. He's so, like, don't you got something else to do? Right. Why are you talking to me? Not, not surprising that she didn't care, but still. <laughs> so the next morning at the Hastings house, Daphne and Simon have another heart to heart. Finally. Um, Simon admits that he doesn't want to be alone. He says, um, I do not want to be alone. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um. <laughs> Men are so simple. I do not want to be alone. <laughs> you got it. Um. <laughs> But that also, he doesn't know how to be what Daphne needs him to be. But we also heard this before. How many times so have you heard a man say, keep... I love you, I want to be with you, but I just don't know how. Why don't you figure that? out? Why do I got to figure out what you want sounds and what like, I want? Sounds like you need some time <laughs> to reflect and stop ruining my life. Yeah. So Daphne assures him, Daphne, such a nice, kind woman, mm -hmm. assures him that they can figure it out together. And then we get some consensual sex, guys. Yay! <gasps> Thank God. <laughs> it was a little rocky there for a while. Um, when we rewatched this part, we noticed um, how energetic Simon was. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. That's how I'm going to put it. I'm like, dang, why he got to go so hard all the time? Slow down. Take your time. This is supposed to be like a meaningful, like... There's too much friction you're causing. You gotta... It's supposed to be a, a very emotional connection. Yeah. He's acting like he hasn't had sex in four months. Well, 
He probably has, I mean, it's been like a couple weeks. Maybe a week. It's been maybe a week. <laughs> He's acting like he, he was at war. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to calm down and be a little bit more sensual. Yeah. This is like the, romantic. Yeah, this isn't the type of scene I'm looking for. Shonda. <laughs> Shonda's like, harder. The, the, uh, what is it? The intimacy coach was like, harder. <laughs> faster. I can't, I can't go any faster. Go faster. <laughs> so, this is great. Because mm-hmm. Simon gets to keep his wife. And Daphne gets her husband to stop pulling out when they have sex. Yep. Win-win for everybody. Yep. Everybody wins. <laughs> um, The Hastings visit the Bridgerton house to bid Colin farewell as he gets ready to leave on his cross-country tour. Um, Across the street, Penn is just... Going through it. She is going through it. Mm-hmm. Um, You probably would think that it's because <laughs> her dad's dead, but no, I think we we really strongly feel it's because Colin is leaving. Yes. Um, So Marina is also leaving to be with her new husband, Sir Philip. She made the Thank absolutely God. right, you know, she made the right decision. Yes. Her and that baby need a home. They need stability. Yes. Um, and she will be well taken care of and she will live a nice life. Yes. So I have Good no doubt about that. On yep. her end. This scene obviously can't end without Aunt depressing it up. Mm-hmm. So. He's so... <laughs> It's just so Debbie Downer. He informs Simon and Daphne that he will be focusing his efforts on finding a wife. And you're like, oh, perfect. Oh, my God, this is yeah. great. And he's like, yes, I I found that the issue was thinking about love. He's like, I'm just going to completely cut that out. Oh, boy. And find a wife. And Simon and Daphne are like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Give it a try. Well, good for you. Like, great. Can't wait to meet her. <laughs> um... But you know what? That's exactly what someone says before they meet the love of their life. In every good romance novel, that they start off with, "I'm not looking for love." Yep, love. I will never find it. It's not for me. I've always been a loner. (laughs) So can't wait for season two. And then they go to a coffee shop and they have a little meet cute. Yes, he's gonna have a meet cute with a girl named Katie. Mm Mm-hmm. Can't wait. I can't wait. Can't wait. Um. A quick note here, we get a couple cute Hyacinth and Greg scenes in this episode, but right as Colin is leaving, they both ask for souvenirs. Hyacinth it. Hyacinth it. I don't know why it's spelled like that. Because I don't know how to spell it! It's phonetic. Hyacinth. Hyacinth scolds Greg for asking um, about souvenirs, but then she goes on to say she will be happy with whatever he chooses to bring back for them as long as it's blue or white. And I'm just like, there we go. There's our confirmation. There's our confirmation. Don't put me in nothing other than blue or white. That's the The Bridgerton colors. colors. (laughs) Um, So then we get the biggest plot twist of the show. Penelope is Lady Whistledown. Okay. Hmm. Interesting choice. It turns out that Madame Delacroix had been with Benedict last night. So, whoever Eloise thought she had saved is still a mystery. But us lucky viewers get a quick peek at Penelope fleeing from the scene. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, when I saw the scene, I was just like, I am unconvinced. I just don't think... Penelope? Why does Penelope know so much history about past... It just seems like it should be someone older. Yeah, I... Not That's why I'm like, I think Penelope, well, somewhere. I'll save this for our season two predictions podcast, Okay. Um, what I think about who is Lady Whistledown, but I don't fully know, I don't know, I feel like it's a, what they call it, a red robin? <laughs> what they call it? A red herring? <laughs> is that what you meant to yeah. say? <laughs> yeah. Here at Hooch and the Hollow, we call them red robins. <laughs> So the episode ends with our girl Daphne giving birth. She's pre- she got pregnant. Obviously, what a fast scene. The second time yes. Simon come. Oh, the second time Simon finished and didn't pull out. Mm-hmm. She got pregnant again. She has very bad luck. The first time, <laughs> the first time. Let's talk about it. the first okay. time they had unprotected sex and yep. he finished inside of her. Mm-hmm. 
she thought she was pregnant. We don't know if it was miscarriage or what. Yeah. The second time they do it, she got pregnant again. Mm-hmm. That's a very fertile woman. Was, yeah. Well, she's young. I guess. But also, I don't know. Two years of being wild. Yeah, but you weren't like. No, I was being wild. It wasn't during your. Uh, what is it called? What is it called when you're most likely to be pregnant? Oh, ovulation? It wasn't during I wasn't ovulation. clocking that. Oh. I was living reckless. For two years. Loose, wow. Loose, wild. I'm just saying, Daphne has bad luck. Or not, not bad luck. I'm like, that was good luck to her. Bad luck maybe in the 21st I'm saying century. she's very fertile. Yeah, she's fertile. So Also, this scene is like, I don't know. I just feel like... I would love to see this in season two. Like I, they well, could have made this. They could have dragged this out in yeah. season two for sure. Like, oh, Her she's pregnancy. pregnant. Yeah. yeah, we could have watched her be pregnant. That would have been fun. Also, maybe they thought this will be. This is perfect. This perfectly ties up season their one storyline. Yeah, their storyline. And if you didn't, if they wasn't sure that they were going to get a season two, mm. this ending is something we can all be happy with. That's like, true. That's we true. know Lady Whistledown, and she had a baby, and it's like it's the perfect little epilogue, and you know everything. That's 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 very true. So I, that's what I thought about it as like if they didn't get a season two, this would tie up so neatly that yeah. it's just like a single body of work. No, that's a very good point. So as Daphne's giving birth, um, her mom and Simon are there with her, which is a very different scene we got with Simon's birth. Mm-hmm. If you remember, it's very. Traumatic. Tense and traumatic. Yeah. Um, so when their son is finally born, Simon says his name has to start with an A. So Simon is Following opening Bridgerton up. tradition. I'm so happy yes. that he has stopped acting so horrible. Yes. In the book, they have a bunch of daughters before they have a son. Yeah. But and then the show is the son first. Yeah. So, you know, the patriarchy, yeah. whatever. <laughs> And that's our recap of season one, episode eight of Bridgerton. The finale. Yes, that was wonderful. So, all right. So, we need to talk about the theme for today's episode. Yes. Um, New beginnings. Mm -hmm. That is what we are going with for our theme because this episode is full of new beginnings. After last episode, we felt like they could never move forward. Yeah. So this is great to see that this season, um, it you know, round out nicely by tying up all of these storylines. So Sienna starts a new life with mm-hmm. a new man. Okay. <laughs> Although it will be hard for her to move on from Anthony, she understands that she can finally be herself and be loved how she wants to be loved. Mm-hmm. Why would you not think? Uh, Marina's off with Sir George's brother, Sir Philip. She will learn to love him, hopefully, and mm-hmm. take care of her new baby. We think this is a great start for Marina because, you know, Philip just wants to do good by his brother and Marina and the baby, and they're all going to be taken care of and yep. so comfortable. Um, when Marina leaves with him, though, she, like, she got an attitude. And I get it. I get it. Yeah. You're grieving the loss of your love. You found out you're still pregnant. You have to marry this man you don't know. Mm-hmm. I get it. But I'm thinking from the perspective of a woman in 1813. <laughs> yeah. This is as good as it would get for her. Yep. The, she got very lucky. Yes. She will be taken care of. She'll be comfortable. She found a man that wants her with a baby. That's yeah. not his. And, and gets to be raised in family. And you get to leave the Featherington house. Oh, thank God, because those people are awful. So, what, I don't see much of a downside here besides her grieving. And I'm like, I hope she don't have no attitude with this man. Because she, time. like, scooted away from him when he got I'm the like, carriage. Oh, I'm like, right. oh, no, Marina. <laughs> so, um, another new beginning. Colin is going on tour. This will be a new and fresh start for him because he is fulfilling his passion for travel. Um, it'll be good for him to learn about places outside of London. And who knows, he might find his love along the way. Mm. Um, Anthony, 
our newest villain <laughs> has no choice but to start a new life. Yeah. Um, after being rejected by Sienna, Antony will find literally any like okay woman to be his Viscountess. Right. Um, with love taken out of the equation, who knows if he can actually ever be happy. The Featheringtons suffered a great loss with losing their lord, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, their new beginning will be finding the new owner of their home. I feel so bad for the girls because they lost their dad, but also their comforts and probably status, depending yeah. on who the new lord is. Which I think it's going to be the guy who the bookie dude? got the deed. He yeah. has the deed, right. so I don't know. And finally... Our Duke and Duchess of yeah. Hastings. Simon and Daphne are starting a new life with pure love and happiness. Mm -hmm. um, Simon's able to let go of his past and allows Daphne to love him unconditionally. So sweet. Um, their love ultimately leads to their first child. So that's a really big new beginning. Yeah. Alright, it's time to talk about our favorite scenes from... Season 1, episode 8 of Bridgerton. Yes. Okay, so my favorite moment was Eloise, like her whole coming out scene. I love that. She looks so stunning. She beautiful. She looks beautiful. Um, it's also so cute because she is usually so like confident, opinionated. But here she looks like, sh like a little shy, a tad bit nervous. Um, things are getting real for her since, mm -hmm. you know, now that Daphne is married. Um, in this scene, she lets her sister know that she's grateful for her being so perfect. So, you know, she doesn't have to be. Now that's a cute scene. My favorite moment is Simon and Daphne's waltz. Oh, that hopping, the hopping yeah. waltz. <laughs> and the, the following conversation yes. they have. Um, I'm just so glad they were able to be on the same page. The dance mm -hmm. was interesting. You know, if you're going to say we're going to do one dance, you'd think it'd be like an easy... Like a nice slow dance. And I guess I imagine... Hop, 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 Watching the slow-mo like, rain hit okay, everything. We were watching it, like, okay, so it hit the, like, we see shots of, like, fruit getting wet. Yeah, it was weird. And it was, like, a little shot of this getting wet. I'm like, what is this? This is not bringing anything to the story. They let the creative, the, the um, <laughs> film part, the filmmaker came they out said, and said, this about to hit. <laughs> this about to hit, bro. Get the fruit! <laughs> Call the Emmys. <laughs> so, Okay. Each episode, we're going to share our choice for incomparable. This is the character who impressed us the most or overall stole the show. This episode's incomparable is... The Hastings! Yay! Honestly, Daphne and, Dime and Simon. Daphne and Simon. Diamond! <laughs> we know you saw this coming. Our Duke and Duchess have been through so much in this season. It's only right for them to win this episode. Daphne finally got through to Simon with her final plea of love and dedication to him and his imperfections. And Simon finally moves past his childhood traumas. Thank God. Yeah. Together they figured out that love can conquer all through simply choosing each other every day. Simon was able to work through his childhood traumas and Daphne was willing to accept him as he is. They also win because they birthed a beautiful baby boy with the first name starting with an A. Beautiful baby A. I'm interested to see what they choose for the name because in yeah. the books his name was David, right? Yep. I don't, I don't remember. I think so the first I'm girl's name was like Abigail yeah. or something. Whatever. So uh, each episode, we're also going to talk a little bit about what life was like in 1813 London. So top off your drinks and get ready for a little chat about labor and delivery in the 19th century. 
So I'm gonna do a little trigger warning here because <laughs> I was reading about this and it was just tough, tough, mm -hmm. and it made you think that why would anybody want to have kids? Women didn't have a time? choice. Yeah. So as you can assume, pregnancy and childbirth during the 19th century was extremely dangerous. Um, it is expected for newly married couples to start having children right away, but there was little talk about the high risks of pregnancy. It was very common for the mother or the baby to pass away, especially in lower class families. So one main factor that caused death was poor nutrition and vitamin D deficiency. With the lower class not getting enough nutrients, and then the wealthy drinking alcohol instead of water. Because we didn't see them take a sip. This they don't drink season. water. Where's water? They drink a sip of water this whole season. You can only imagine the factors that could come into play here. Pregnancy for a 19th century woman um, could be tedious and lonely. Um, toward the end of their pregnancy, women had to spend um, sometimes months in bed in preparation for the baby. They called this time confinement. Now we call it bed rest. Yeah. <laughs> um, women, women would be put on this confinement or bed rest um, to prevent premature babies. When it was time for the baby to come, the mother would was already be like nestled in her home, ready for her midwife to deliver the baby. Uh, most midwives were not trained and were considered knowledgeable because of the children they bore. So just because you had a baby, you should be able to yep. birth a baby. Yep, that's how it was. Yeah. Um, in this time, doctors were not that much better than midwives. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they often left the mother with infection, like infections because of unsanitized tools or just plain lack of knowledge. Um, some Thank doctors, God. I know it's horrible. I was like reading this, like, let me just say these parts because I want more to say it because you had a baby. <laughs> um, some doctors would draw up to 50 ounces of the mother's blood to weaken the mother. My so, chest is getting so tight. Yeah. So that would relieve her of labor pains because other than that. Because you about to pass out. Yeah. Because you ain't got no blood. Yeah. But then you're taking the blood. So then that means. When you have the baby and if blood comes out, then you're already halfway, like, you know, you're already messed up. I can't barely breathe. Okay. So, to be, okay, so to be modest, some women gave birth on their sides to avoid looking at the midwife or daughter. Or, Put them in sorry, jail. Sorry, 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 doctor. Put them in jail. So, they have birth on their sides. Um, in order for to, modesty, for modesty, in order to save face oh for God. what is about to happen, they don't want to look the doc, especially if the doctor was a man. They don't want to look at the man while he's delivering the baby, so they like go on their side, so they wouldn't be able to look at him directly. <sighs> so that that's how much image was. Right, oh, it's ridiculous. Um, there are many other horrors that women endured, but we will leave that up to you to research because I just I find that so hilarious because. You're not thinking about who's in there when you're Who giving cares? birth. There were like four different people in the room with me. Yeah. Childbirth is not, so scary. Yeah. That's not depicted on Bridgerton. Like the doctor was just all up in it. It didn't yeah. really matter. Yeah. But that's what happened. Yeah. I mean, Simon's mom died in childbirth. So in the event of a successful birth, the mother would spend several weeks in recovery. That sounds nice. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess after going through that traumatic, I was up. I was up. <laughs> you didn't have no choice but to be up. I was they up. They kick you out the hospital. They was like, "All right, get your stuff." Two days. They were like, "Get out." <laughs> they said, "Put your baby in this car seat and get out." And they had their births at home. They didn't go to the yeah. hospital, so it was they was already at home. So the main goal was for the mother to rest with little to no interruptions. Wow, that's nice. Mm -hmm. So some say that a new mother is not to stand up until the ninth day. Wow. This is to ensure that there was no further complications. I guess, you know, you needed more recovery after yeah. such a traumatic surgery. After the recovery, women enjoyed time with their babies and practiced concealing their emotions in order to keep them pure and innocent. It was a whole thing. It's too much. It was so much. I can tell you, <laughs> the postpartum emotions, my house was a house of horrors. I was crying every day, screaming, upset. Smiling, laughing, crying the next second. I, 
I'm not worried about making other people uncomfortable. My house was a house of horrors. Yeah. They said if you, like, show emotion around the baby, then they can't be sculpted, like, as a pure child. They, like, get exposed to too much too soon. It was too much. I'm like, y'all, for y'all to be drinking y'all whole pregnancy, it wasn't Dead an issue. ass. Dead ass. <laughs> Dead ass. Dead ass. Oh, my God. Oh. Okay. So that's our show for today. Thanks for hanging in there with us. It's fun, as always, to talk Bridgerton and get boozed up. I can, wait, this is our... Okay, well, this isn't our last episode. This is this our season. last, like, episode in this format. Yes. Talking about, like, scenes. We so have some bonus shows coming to you guys. Yeah. Ooh, um, bonus shows. <laughs> Look at that. I can't take credit. I can't take credit. <laughs> I got that from another podcast I listened Aww. to. The Twilight Still, podcast. <laughs> you brought it here. So, um, look out for that. Shout out, as always, to our producer, my husband, Jeff. Yay! Thanks, Jeff. Um, be sure to tune in next Thirsty Thursday for more Bridgerton hot takes and delicious cocktails. It'll be a little different yeah. for our bonus souls. That's why that different. Um, still, we'll have a cocktail, and we still be talking about Bridgerton, Bridgerton for this, you know... For the next episode. Oh, in one of the episodes, we're going to have some guests. And we'll have some guests. Yeah, That'll so be fun. That'll be fun. Um, make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify Podcasts. Remember to subscribe and rate us five stars as we are the true diamonds of the season.